Hello everyone and welcome to One Controller 4 Podcast episode 58? Eight? I think, I think I'm pretty sure I double checked in the last one was 57. I sometimes wonder like what happens if I, <laughs> if I get off track with the numbering because obviously I don't have enough, like I don't have people listening often enough or consistently enough to be like, hey, you got the number wrong. So what if like I go 20 episodes not realizing that I, I accidentally doubled up or skipped a number. <laughs> it's like, oh no. What do you do from there? Because going back and I mean, I can't edit the audio file really. And then if you go back and edit like the title of the, yeah, you can go back and edit the title of the podcast and stuff. That just takes time. It takes time. I don't know. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope that hasn't happened, and that we're good and here today. My name is Benjamin Yoder. I'm here to talk to you about things kind of related to video games. In this today, I don't know. It's 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 always like a hard thing to say. Um, I find myself calling <laughs> calling VR chat a game a lot of times, but it's only really a weird like. In some ways, it kind of feels like a platform. <laughs> if that makes sense, because VR chat on its own, in terms of its like most basic concept, is pretty much just a lobby for everyone to sit there and stand around and talk to each other. Um, but it also has interactive elements because it's VR, you can pick stuff up, throw it around, um, and then there's actual games built in. They're very simplistic usually, but, um, it's, it's a lot of little things. I don't know if I'd call VR chat really a game per se, because it's not like, it's not like a traditional video game. It's not like, it's not like the game aspect is the main part. It's more of like a side point to the, the social interactions you have with people or like a facilitator to that. Um, but yeah, I started poking around VR chat some more, and if you've been around, you know, I've, I've played VR chat in the past, and I really enjoyed it back then, and it's, it's something that, um, is always being built on from the community right now, so, and I'm sure there's, like, a team of developers find it, although I don't know how they make money or anything like that, um, but, uh, I've been, uh, it's, it's something that's kind of constantly evolving in some ways, but also is, like, <laughs> a train wreck because of it because anyone can kind of do anything with it um <laughs> um I th- i'm trying to remember i think i might have talked about this a couple weeks ago where like i fell under the world in um one of the maps and like my entire body like contorted and just like it was i was spinning out of control so fast that the ui was just messing up because the ui kind of exists in like a 3d space um, but a lot of that game is just kind of like, or that, that thing, whatever you want to call it, is just like walking around and looking at stuff. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting to, to see the little like visual experiments people do and like people importing game stuff into the, into it as a whole. Um, but it is one of those things that I feel like without a VR headset, you are always losing something with it. But, uh, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like it as a good, just like relaxing, like, I'm just going to stare at some stuff and look at it <laughs> and explore this space. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of like playing Yumi Nikki a little bit, except for it's definitely a lot more inconsistent in style and stuff because it is a bunch of users making stuff rather than just one person with an RPG maker tool making a bunch of different things. Um, but yeah, so I just basically poked around that for a good chunk of t- uh, a good chunk of time is probably not the best way to put it, but I've, I've probably put like a handful of hours of it into it over the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and just chat to people. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> it's, it's very easy because it defaults your chat to, to mute. And it's very easy to sit there and, and like, not want to talk to anyone. And 
and people start saying things to you and you don't really know what to do so you just like start spinning your mouse around so your character's like head starts flipping out and they're like oh all right man (laughs) um while you're like this little person with the head spinning around like crazy um but i actually changed the default to on so now it's a lot less I don't know if it's a lot less intimidating talking to someone in there. It's it's just a very weird thing of just like because there's no like real expectation of what's happening um, or like any kind of commitment to a conversation or anything like that. People seem more willing to just like say something to you whenever I say this as somebody who doesn't really go out much. So so maybe that is normal life kind of things. But it's it's uh, people will just start kind of talking to you. And I found that if you, like, leave the the microphone on in a way that is going to, you know, prevent you from just, like, second-guessing things you're going to say or if you're going to talk to somebody, uh, that's really helpful. Although you end up with, like, (laughs) end up with some weird people who you end up talking to. And I've had a a handful of people add me to their friends list over the last couple weeks. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever talk to you again. Also, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if we really get along outside of I just... I just kind of had a conversation with you that was very out of there, out there, and out of this world. <laughs> That's why did I say out of this world? Anyways, it's it's neat, and I just like the the visual vibe of it all. And I would really like to. I want, I'm just playing the desktop version still. Um, I was actually looking at a. So I have a friend who uses the Samsung Odyssey, which all these Odyssey things, man. Like between <laughs> between Mario Odyssey. Assassin's Creed Odyssey and this headset, Samsung Odyssey, everybody's Odyssey. Yes, see. Um, but yeah, I was looking at that and I was actually kind of interested in, in the Samsung Odyssey because it has like um, internal tracking. Because like, I think I think there's like a line of headsets called the mixed reality headsets that are built for Windows specifically. I don't, I don't really understand what this line is supposed to be, but it's basically just a bunch of VR headsets from a bunch of different manufacturers. I think built under a certain standard, but variations on quality. It's like the 3DO or something where a bunch of people made a bunch of 3DOs, but um, you know they vary in what they what they can do. Um, but um, I've lost my words. So yeah, the Samsung Odyssey has like a internal tracking in it, so you don't have to set up little base stations around to like sit there and uh, and. Um, um, you know, have these little mounts around that, that can track your controllers. And then obviously you lose something with that though, because the cameras are on like the actual headset itself. So if your like hands go out of view from the headset cameras, then it can't track you. So like, I think, I think the, the big example I saw was that if you like shove your hands all the way up in the air and then look straight down, um, and then it can't track you. And so your hands got kind of stuck. And then if you like move your hands down while you're doing that and like come around in a way that the camera can't see you like behind your back or something, um, it can cause some problems with the syncing and eventually your hands kind of pop back in place once they're in the tracking again. But it seems like a very, like, I have to go out of my way to break this thing versus like people, it seemed like the, the biggest concern I saw from people reading online were games like, you know, you have a bow and arrow and stuff. You have to, like, shoot a bow and, like, pull the bow back in a way that that kind of puts it outside of the headset view. Um, but it sounds like the, the field of view on the headset is wider than what a traditional camera would be, essentially. So it's not, it's not like it's... It's not like the, the human view... Yeah, like, a, the hand going out of the human view is not getting tracked. Um, it's because the camera has, like, a wider view. So 
that's my understanding. I don't know anything about headsets. I was looking at a Oculus Rift a while ago, but I always worry about space and stuff like that. And so having something where it's just like, it's all just in this thing and you just, you just do it. You just do it. And it's there and the tracking's there. <laughs> you don't have to do anything weird with your room other than just, you know, make sure you have some space, which I, I could make some space um, if I really wanted to. So I, I think I could do that in my current setup. Um, but it's like on sale for 400 bucks, but I missed that sale. And then, so I, I'm somebody who continues to bat around the idea of buying a VR headset and continue to fail to buy one. <laughs> um, I probably would be super interested into it. I'm always into like, you know, cool new game ideas and stuff. And VR is kind of where a lot of, you know, experimentations going on right now in terms of just trying to figure out how the heck, heck games work in, in VR. Reminds me a lot of like the early 3D era where people make video games in very different ways and some of those things worked out and some of the things did not. And so you go back and play those games now and you're like, oh, this is not how a 3D platformer plays or a racing game plays today. (laughs) But it's just like, oh, at the time it wasn't a standard. So there you go. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I need to, I need to check. I think my, as far as I can tell, my computer meets the specs. Although I can't remember if I have a spare HDMI out. I have to check that. Um, I know I'm using one already for, and that's like a separate card for my capture card stuff, but yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And then if I'm still thinking about it by the time it goes on sale again, sounds like it goes on sale every two to three months, uh, I'll probably get one, but hopefully I don't just use it for VR chat. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. I want to play more, some more VR chat and I need to stop clicking this thing. Hopefully you guys didn't hear that, but maybe you did, but I just brought a ton of attention to it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I would like to. I like to try that. Um, it's funny because because I was playing the other day and like this guy, I guess he just started started it. Was like, where are all the, <laughs> where are all the avatars that are not just anime girls? And I'm like, no, they're just all anime girls. All of them are. <laughs> you're you're gonna find a, maybe a handful of them that are not. Uh, but that's how most of them are, which makes it really weird to me that people still call attention to you being like a like a quote trap or whatever. Um, because you know, you're playing as a female avatar, even though you're a guy and it's like, dude, look at the, look at the immense number of avatars in this game and how many are just like a bunch of anime girls from different things. Like that's, that's what you get. <laughs> like there's not a lot of options. So, so yeah, I've been actually running around as Morag from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I like Morag a lot. I don't know if I ever mentioned this on this podcast. Morag is probably my favorite character in that game. Um, and I was recently on Twitter and I followed a bunch of people who do Morag fan art. So that's a good time. That's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of virtual, virtual, virtual anime girls, uh, there's also like a VTuber event that happened a while ago. I think it's like a week ago or maybe less than a week ago. Um, and I don't, I don't know how, (laughs) how mainstream this was. I just stumbled across it today when going through a bunch of Japanese, uh, game news sites. But, um, if you're not familiar, there's like, there's virtual YouTubers, uh, like Kizuna Ai and, um, Shiro-chan or something like that. And then there's like a bunch of ones for like Compile Heart, Aikatsu, things like that. There's a bunch of, it's a big explosion of virtual YouTubers lately for better or for worse. Um, you know, if you're interested in that series, then hey, you know, a, a Kizuna Ai or a, uh, Aikatsu virtual YouTuber is not a terribly bad thing to do, maybe. Who knows? Um, but anyways, this event was kind of interesting because it was, um, it was actually a competitive event between all these virtual YouTubers. So they used a lot of the same technology as like, um, 
you know those like uh Hatsune Miku concerts and uh I think I think Splatoon does this too where it's like they have that big um I don't know if it's like a glass or what but it's like a big sheet of something that they project or or just yeah I think they project um the the idol on there like the, the you know Splatoon Squid Girls what are they, what are the names shoot Callie and Marie I forget what they're called they have like a name between the two of them I can't remember Squid Sisters no Let's just let's just go past that. <laughs> Anyways, so they would have them in like these little squares, and then um they, they played like Street Fighter Two, uh the Switch release. I forget what that game's called with Mylan Ken in it. Uh, but that Street Fighter Two Switch port of Street of uh, Street Fighter Two. I don't know if it's a port really, but anyways, um. Uh, it's like a really weird thing to watch because it's like, oh, this huge competitive thing, or not huge competitive thing, but it's a competitive thing, but it's like these two people doing a very bad job playing Street Fighter 2, and then they they do their fight thing, and like, because they're virtual YouTubers, uh, their whole thing is overreactions, but because there's not like really any rehearsed stuff, they just kind of sit there and yell over each other. <laughs> It's like scream. It's it's a very weird thing. Um, and then they go and have like a finals competition between the the two last virtual YouTubers, and it's a really weird thing. And they play like Super Bomberman R together. Um, I'll link some videos I found in the in the the description somewhere down there. Anyways, it was a really weird thing to to watch and see, but I also think it was kind of neat. <laughs> like VTubers have been kind of, I would say. There's too many. <laughs> um, um, obviously, you know, if you have your specific interest, then there you go. Um, but um, but as for someone who has like a more of a broad range look at this stuff, um, there's a ton. And, and so seeing them all kind of get together and fight it out in this in this like gaming tournament thing was an interesting little <laughs> little way to spend like 30 minutes of my time. I think it was multiple hours, but I just kind of skipped through the parts um so yeah yeah anime girls that people animate that's the future everybody in the future who knows maybe one day i'll be a vr anime girl if i get a samsung odyssey headset then i could sit there and make more i could pick her nose or something with my 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 hands there we go <laughs> I said, I don't know. That's a weird thing. I was like immediately when I said more I pick her nose, like ah, somebody I don't, probably has like a fetish to pick nose stuff with girls. I'm maybe I should look that up and see <laughs> and see if I can find. I'm sure it's out there. I'm curious though now. Oh, don't listen to me. Let's let's move on. Let's do a fortune cookie. <laughs> let's not talk about anime girls picking their nose and people possibly getting turned on by it. Um. I, I don't think I have my fortune cookie open, do I? I opened it earlier. Shoot, I must have closed it. Let's open up a fortune cookie thing here real quick. Well, I mean, I, I didn't open the website. I used backloggery for the fortune cookie thing. It's literally called the fortune cookie on backloggery, and I stole it. I didn't really steal it. I just called it that because that's what it was on my face at the time when I decided to do it, and then it kind of became a segment. I should probably rename it. Anyways, open that cookie. Oh, <laughs> Mm. Evolution Worlds for the GameCube. I actually own this on Dreamcast 2 or Evolution 2 on Dreamcast specifically, but Evolution Worlds on the GameCube is a compilation of Evolution 1 and 2 on on Dreamcast. Um and this is a is it Sting or Red Entertainment? Let me see who who made it real quick. I think it's Sting. Um 
Sting Entertainment. What else did they make? Get myself distracted immediately before even talking about the game. Nights of Nightmare. I feel like I knew them for something else, though. Duke Upon Kingdom is what I knew them as for, for that. Anyways, Evolution Worlds was a JRPG uh, for the Dreamcast series on there. I think it's like a Neo Geo Pocket Color portable game as well. Um, I never liked it. I like the style of it. It's a, It's got this like very cute chibi anime look, but um, it, it uses a lot of... It's like one of those Dreamcast games that um, I wouldn't say... That... Ha- that probably had too many polygons for what it was trying to do visually, if that makes a lot of sense. Like, I think of games like Shadow of Destiny, where the character models look really awkward. And they look awkward, but they have a lot of polygons, so they just look really clean in a way that is uh, that is strange. And I, I think I might put Evolution Worlds in that space, where it's like, they have these really awkward-looking, like, I'd say PS one ish level of detail looking 3d character models i mean this this is like a bad comparison i've never figured out the best way to say this stuff so me trying to like make something up here on the the fly is hard but basically it's just like these very simple kind of tacked together models that um that have way too many polygons for what they probably should but they look really clean in that way and so they get this like this really unique look um to the game in some ways it's probably more like a nostalgic thing um, just like people trying to figure out 3D graphics while they also have this hardware. Um, but it's it's um, it's basically like a dungeon crawler kind of thing. Uh, if that's an like, official term for like a genre, then not really in that sense. You basically go in these dungeons, and they're made up of blocks. And uh, you go and run around. And I think they may be randomized, or at least they're built in a way that they feel randomized. And uh, you basically just go down this big, long dungeon, and you get like cheddar chests. And there's like uh, trap squares that look like normal floors. And you're just like running through. And uh, eventually you just get to the boss fight and it's like (laughs) some of these dungeons are really, really long, like feels like hours and hours and hours. And I'm trying to remember if you can save during them or if you just have to do them all one go. It's been a while, Um, but I sat down and beat that game and it was it's like just very, very plain. It's like very average and not a lot of details put into the level design it's very straightforward it's pretty much just running around these dungeons and you earn a lot of really cool skills um and there a lot of them are they're, they're, they're your typical stuff like you know multi-attack aoe stuff and i think there's like a there may be a grid system for enemies where they move around i don't remember if the main characters have like a grid system you can move around on as well it's been a while um but um yeah it's just very <laughs> it's it's weird it has a lot of style in some ways but then also looks very average i don't know the best way to put it i'm having a hard time explaining this i don't like the game i was never a fan of it even when i was a kid i played evolution 2 and didn't really like it and i only got evolution worlds on the gamecube because it was so cheap and i kind of and i think at the time i kind of had a kind of like an rpg renaissance i i played tales of symphonia so I played a lot of like Final Fantasy RPGs when I was younger and a lot of like random PlayStation ones, a lot of Dreamcast ones, and I never got into them. And then um, I finally played Tales of Symphony in like 2004-ish or something like that, 2005-ish. It was a player's choice by that time, so it was probably about 2005-ish maybe. Um, and I really got into it and like dumped a ton of times. It was like really the first JRPG I like put myself into that was like a Paper Mario or something like that. And um, and so I only had a GameCube at the time, I think. Did I only have a GameCube at the time? Maybe I had a PlayStation 2. I don't remember. Anyways, but I was definitely a GameCube fanboy at the time. Uh, and I was like, I need all the JRPGs for the GameCube, which is a very small number of games <laughs> um and evolution worlds alongside skies of arcadia was i think it was i bought those two games at the same time uh uh i played evolution worlds that's i i just 
I don't know what it is. It's really hard. Like everything about it, like visually and um and like gameplay mechanic wise it's there's not really much going on mechanically and i think i'm trying to get back to this point of um like the special moves of the game are very flashy they're very creative each character has a lot of different like traits to them so like mag has the main character mag has like this this portable arm on his back he's this very small kid with like not much like physique body wise uh he's just this little kid and he has this big arm on his back and he like that arm transforms into a ton of things like you can make a giant fist and punch people with it you can also like snap in people's faces to deal damage it's just a very a very um diverse set of attacks that come out of this one item and then you have your butler gray and he has like a bunch of different stuff with like um i think he just has like a a, like a revolver or something or like a a rifle i think is what it is that he just like shoots people with but he also like will cook things and i'm trying what else what else he did i think he has like a a a stare like a glare that you know he gives to mag and he uses that on the enemies and stuff and then there's like this girl with like an ocarina that she plays um it's a very rough game very low budget it feels like um oh man it's really hard i i really have mixed feelings about evolution worlds there's definitely things i like about it stylistically um i've probably talked about it before on here but i I think it's a game that i have a lot of trouble um verbalizing what i what i what both what i like and what i dislike about it it's kind of in a weird spot um but i like the look of it i like the music um, I don't like playing it. <laughs> Maybe that's the way to boil it down. Uh, it's got a nice presentation that's kind of rough, but in a r- way I like it being rough. But the pr- pl- gameplay itself is just like really straightforward. Um, and and I just remember it feeling very grindy in the dungeons, never feeling like they're ever anything worth, you know, remembering. Like like there's just very little thought to their design they're pretty much just like a bunch of square panels you run around in with monsters in them and eventually i would say each floor is essentially a maze and you go around and you try to find the next floor very much like a a a dungeon crawling game kind of thing um but it was probably a lot more dull than even like a crimson tears or something like that where crimson tears is by the the bouncer developer and and crimson tears like has a randomized dungeon setup but like each each room is like built out of a different template so there's at least some variety there where this is just like literally square blocks put together to make hallways and rooms and stuff like that evolution worlds don't play it probably go look up some footage go look at evolution worlds um, I, I wrote a really bad review of it a long time ago, I'm sure. It's one of the earliest reviews I did, so I'm sure it's a g- good time uh, in terms of just being like terrible, terribly written. Um, but yeah, so have a good time with that. That's going to do it for this week. Um, one thing I'm going to try to start doing, because rather than just being like, oh, I'm going to play this other game alongside my stream game like an hour or 20 minutes before I actually stream, um, I'm going to try to pick out the game I'm going to stream in addition to my main stream game um uh at the podcast time so at least i can give you guys a heads up to the podcast so this week i'm gonna probably play some game watch gallery for the game boy alongside trying to finish up full spectrum warrior i don't know if we'll finish up full spectrum warrior this week or not but uh we'll see uh i would like to i'm enjoying that game um but we're getting towards the end it's like the last fourth of the game or something like that or last fourth in terms of number of missions um and then after that, once we once I finish Full Spectrum Warrior, so so not next week, and maybe not the week after that, 
Um, I'm probably going to start playing Yakuza 2, but it's going to be the PlayStation 2 version rather than the Kiwami version. I, I bought the PlayStation 2 version back when they reprinted it. And um, without the idea or without knowing that they were going to remake two as Kiwami, although I probably should have assumed. I think they had already announced Yakuza 1 Kiwami at that point. But um, I don't I don't I would like to play that series in order um, in terms of how it was made and like and, um, you know, the, the stylist, the stylistic evolution of it and tone of it um, that I, it sounds like those Kiwami games kind of paint over it with the current you know yakuza tone where the older games kind of had their own different tone um from what it sounds like i've only played yakuza 1 and it's been a long time so honestly it's it's probably gonna be <laughs> i'm probably not gonna remember much of what actually happened in yakuza 1 at this point um man that was i was probably playing that around the time i originally played xenoblade so that's probably been about eight years or so maybe <laughs> i don't know maybe it wasn't that long ago anyways that's gonna do it for this week thanks you guys for coming and listening uh, so full spectrum warrior on Thursday and game watch gallery and hopefully I don't have any internet problems this time That was a mess last time um, And we'll talk next time. Thanks for coming. Have a great week. Bye